Welcome back to another Golden Moment. I'm your sports editor, Spencer, joined by my fellow B-Riders this week, young Shaylin. Hello. Young Josh. Hello. And young Emily. Hey, guys. And our lovely producer, Michael Brust, Aww, coming lovely. in coming in for round two. Coming in hot. Guys, we have to unfortunately recap this, whatever the f*** happened last night between Cal and Oregon. Um, it's about... 6 p.m. on Sunday evening. We've had some time to reflect on what transpired on national television, specifically on Fox. I don't know who the announcers were because we turned the stream on late. That was fun. But, uh, Shaylin, I guess we'll start with you since you were there in Eugene. You got to see the atmosphere. You got to see the... the, the sh- There's another word I made up. The sh- <laughs> um, in, in, in the flesh. So um, go ahead and get started with kind of just the beginning the, in the entire weekend. Well, Eugene as a city is really cool. It kind of reminded me of a ski town without the skiing. It was very, a lot of small local restaurants and shops. They had a, it was kind of like a funny dynamic because every Saturday they have a, uh, like a farmer's market type thing where they set up like, like hundreds of tents on the streets. And those are all just like your regular, like Eugene people. And then you walk like 20 minutes and everyone's just like decked out in all green. And it's like all the game people. So there's the people who go to the farmer's market on Saturdays and the people who go to the football game on Saturdays. So it's kind of funny to have like both sides. Your campus is really nice. Lots of trees. Um, Flat makes it going from class to class a lot easier. Um, I'm a transfer. (laughs) Shit. But you know, you want these calves. The calves. <laughs> the defined calves. Yeah. Um, and then the walk to the stadium was really cool. The way I went from campus to the stadium, you cross a river. I don't know the name of the river, but there's this big bridge that goes over, then you walk through the forest and you feel like you're on like a hiking trail. And then all of a sudden you just see Autzen Stadium and it's just giant. And they have like the whole like it's really cool to have all their sports stuff in one kind of like complex. So they have like their indoor training facility, they have the soccer stadium, the baseball stadium, yeah. football stadium, and then the backdrop of the stadium is insane. It's all just um like rolling hills and mountains and during the fall when all the leaves are changing color, it was incredible. But um yeah, and then the atmosphere was like pretty much what you expect from an Oregon game. It was a packed house, all the fans. It was very loud, yeah. like especially on third downs and stuff. The fans were going crazy. Uh, the announcers are saying it's the loudest that they've heard it all season. Yeah, yeah this is the first game for the, the school in the quarter system that all the students were there. So that was their first game. Oh, which okay. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. when I, yeah. there were people moving in, like parents, like wow. helping kids move into their dorms when I was there. And then uh, the game was... Uh, it started off really well, and then it got sour real quick. I guess I'll just start with my early assessments. I thought Devon Monster got lucky in the first couple of drives with some great catches, some poorly thrown balls on those great catches, and then kind of what I had expected and what most people had expected was the offense just shut down. Bo Baldwin struggled with the play calling. I mean, we can, you know, there's a million things we can start to talk about, but uh, Josh... Let's start. Let's go to you, buddy. What did you see? Yeah, uh, initial thoughts. I thought I was actually pretty encouraged by some of the things I saw on offense. Obviously, there were a lot of, like Spencer mentioned, missed throws and some missed opportunities in terms of execution. Biggest thing with, with in terms of Baldwin's front, because everyone's talking about it right now, people called for Baldwin's head when Cal was throwing all these dink and dunk passes and stuff hmm. um, underneath on third down whatnot, which we saw a little bit of. But we also did see them take a bunch of shots, albeit not well thrown, yeah. right? So uh, on one hand, I, I, I don't want... 
Cal fans to not bit him up from both sides in terms of that because I felt like he did open up the playbook a little bit, especially knowing that Monster's a better down downfield thrower than Garber. So I think it's hard to judge Baldwin based off of that. It was a little bit tough, obviously, with the offensive line so banged up to yeah. you know ha- have let him extend plays and whatnot. So I was very encouraged, honestly, to see this team stick with Oregon for as long as it did. And I think just ultimately the injuries piled up. And then that happens. I think it's part of the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just having to have Brandon Mello and McCain Metower struggling at right guard, it just kind of all compiled into that offensive onslaught where we saw 7-3 and outs versus... Um, Dude. You know, there's a poor execution, too, when, when Monster, yeah. if Monster doesn't slide, you know, a, a fraction early, right? True. Cal maybe scores a touchdown there or, or converts an easier field goal for Greg Thomas, which, you know, then you're looking at a 10-0, 14-0 game. That's a lot different. Yeah, hopefully those types of things will get better just the more monster plays. Like, yeah. I doubt we'll see that same mistake from him again. But you could just tell, like, with his timing on routes with receivers, like, there were a few deep throws where he was just, he threw it a second too early or a second too late. So, I mean, especially with the bye week, is coming at a good time when you yeah. look at it from the perspective of the quarterback and the offense, especially with the offensive line now, super injured. Uh, back to what Josh was saying um, about the lack of execution, I think. I mean, there wasn't really a lack of execution. There was just, like, careless mistakes from oh. the offense. And I think that led to, Will, like, Wilcox was animated kind of uncharacteristically on the sidelines in this game, which, you know, like like you had alluded to. So I, I don't want to blame Baldwin, like I said, for, like, those deep shots that they took. I wanna, I, I'm want i more curious to know what the call was on third and one on multiple occasions when they just gave the ball to Chris Brown and yeah. he just tackled Pine on his scrimmage. Yeah. Those are the ones where I'll question, uh, I think it's fair to question Baldwin. I'm, I'm not going to worry about the, the deep ball to Duncan or to Trayvon Clark. I think those are perfectly fine. I think they, they give Cal that threat necessary in order to open up the run game, which was which was tough in and of itself because, you know, Chris Brown didn't have Marcel Dancy behind him. And Oregon's front seven with Troy Dye heading it is just fantastic. So... Offense, I saw some good things, and then defensively, just touching on them real quickly, I thought they did great. Um, Emily, what were your thoughts from the game? So my dad texted me halfway through, and he said, I don't think Monster knows what the giant thick white lines mean on the sidelines. They mean out of bounds. <laughs> he keeps throwing it to his receivers out of bounds. That and happened a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just the the inconsistency on offense just is what sank the Bears, I think. it was It was really hard to watch the defense play their hearts out yeah. only to have you know no success like completely fruitless drives i think shaylin your um your recap that you wrote about like the large what is it law, the law large of numbers. large numbers <laughs> yeah and like how over time things kind of return back to the average is kind of what it felt like like at the beginning of the game i didn't really know how long cal was gonna hold on to the lead because it really just felt like oregon was like bursting at the scene like you and you knew the defense wasn't gonna force a turnover on every single drive like they did for the first three so uh, yeah once the offense started to prove that they weren't gonna be helping the defense out that much that's when a lot of us probably started losing confidence yeah you can only hold on against the Oregon offense for so long yeah yeah I mean they they always say themselves they have an NFL quarterback which is true so I mean yeah no matter how good your defense is he's gonna make plays eventually he's fire dude Mm -hmm. um Emily, yeah, else? I mean, I think that, like, there are good things, like, um, Matthew Sindrick, an offensive lineman for Cal, said, like, there are good things to build off from this game, and I think he's right about that. I think Cal contested Oregon. I don't think it was an insane blowout. I just think that 
I always go back to if we maybe had Carvers. I don't know. Maybe. Never thought I would say that, but like maybe <laughs> things would be a little bit different. I mean, I don't think that they had a horrible showing. I thought it was nice to see the defense yeah. kind of back up and running like they should be, but I think it was pretty evident after the first couple minutes that I don't like Hal was not going to pull it off. So yeah, it's about fixing those errors. Dude, and uh, Josh, you might want to expand on this. Mm-hmm. Like, once again, another week, a terrible game on the ground for the Bears. Yeah, I think part of that I attribute to the offensive line just being so decimated, and obviously mm-hmm. no Marcel Dancy. Uh, did, like, you get rid of the change of pace back, and now you just have Chris Brown trying to get two, three Rumble yards in, in, in between the tackles. How, how do you plan on, like, how, how do you, what's the solution? Well, I think it's interesting because Chris Brown you know, is is a downhill runner, and it's hard to operate your offense without your starting left tackle or your starting left guard. Yeah. Because that whole left side of the line is so important, but especially when you have a right-handed quarterback, that's your blind side. You know, I, I was always high on Marcel Dancy more than Chris Brown, per se, and, and, and Chris Brown against an FCS defense, you know what he can do then, but he's, you know, not the same type of guy. He's not even a Patrick Laird's level, you know what I'm saying? He's not the guy that's going to be there for three downs, typically, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if he has to, he can, but, you know, otherwise, if he doesn't have that pure change of pace backup, this is the result you're going to get, which is 15 carries, 42 yards. And with a with the better offensive line, maybe a more mobile quarterback that opens things up a little bit more. But I just don't think that, you know, especially against opposing offenses that have the skill set of Travis Dye and Justin Herbert, you can't compete with those offenses, no matter how good your defense is, with an offense that is so decimated on the offensive line, only has one running back who isn't even supposed to be a three-down running back and a backup quarterback. So that, I think it's a combination of all those things, and the fact that this was a 10-point game is why I'm actually kind of encouraged by what I saw, if that makes sense. Yeah. There was the same sentiment from Wilcox after the game. Mm -hmm. And Monster was also saying that he said, like, he they realized, the offense realized Mm -hmm. that Oregon was loading up the box and that they had a lot of single coverage looks. Yeah. On the outside receivers, yeah. and Monster blamed himself, just saying they couldn't capitalize on those throws. Yeah. And also something that needs to get better is, like, Romijo needs to be more involved. He had 12 yards, and he's arguably, like, Cal's most talented playmaker. Yeah. So, I mean, that's on Baldwin more than anything to just get the ball in his hands. I feel like he was doing that a lot more earlier in the season. They've kind of, I mean, there's been, like, a lot of injuries in that department, too, with Kiko Crawford being out, but now Clark is kind of the highlight of the receiver's room. What a but, game um, he had, dude. Yeah, he balled he, out. He, I mean, I don't think he dropped a ball. That was even the ones ball. that were out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, he still caught them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, he had a he had a hell of a day. Yeah, Tra- Trayvon Clark had eleven targets. They led all receivers on both sides of the ball, which is really impressive. And I yeah. think he's really coming to his own after. Off, like, he was like third on the depth chart when we started the year. Yeah, um, it sounds like Ricky Walker's gonna take a redshirt year. Trayvon Clark, in my opinion, is is a, is a go to receiver. Right yeah, now. I mean, we you we were talking about it. You were high on him ever since. I, I did. I, I think just naturally. I mean, I hadn't seen him other than his, his JUCO tape. It yeah. was just the size. It meant that he wasn't like this like tight end type of body. And Cal's been missing that deep threat for so for since twenty sixteen basically. So, yeah. So when I look at those, it's either Kakoa Crawford, Trayvon Clark, and Trayvon Clark had the bigger body, so that's yeah. why I went with Clark. Yeah, who do you guys, I was going to say that, who do you guys think at Oregon State are going to be the two outside receivers, assuming Crawford's healthy? Mm-hmm. I, I think it should be Clark and Crawford. I mean, Jordan Duncan makes big plays, and he has made big plays when they matter, but he hasn't, I feel like, been as consistent as the no, other two. I agree, it should be Clark and Crawford and Remy on the slot, in yeah. my opinion. That's what I think. Yeah. Um... Alluding to Nico Romijo, like that made me think about the special teams, which was poor once again. That was another element, you know. You give and take what Stephen Coots can give you on an injured leg, but I don't know. We gave up a lot of yardage on kick return. Yeah, um, and, and Greg Thomas missed two field yeah, goals. No. It was just he hadn't missed before that since game nine, one. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to have to clean that up. I mean, this offense isn't good enough to score touchdowns every drive. So when we do get opportunities where we're in field goal range, he has to capitalize. And I think he'll get back on track. I mean, he was really consistent before this. Yeah. I was so wrong, though, last week. I said my my score was 35-16 Oregon. So (laughs) that was done and dusted real quick. I'd argue that Cal's defense had its best game of the year. Like I was so impressed the first three drives, three turnovers, and even after Oregon got, I mean, you knew at some point it was going to get going, but even just to limit that team to 17 points on the road, and that's without Weaver playing his Yo, best exactly. game. Weaver was getting drawn double. Yeah, dude. Every, we haven't yeah. even talked about that. Like yeah. the streak is over. Game. Six tackles. Mm-hmm. Six uh, tackles. What was the streak at before that? It was, it was at 12, 12 straight weeks with at least double digit tackles. Wow. And it was out of six. Um, and without that, they still killed it. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought the offensive, the defensive line did a better job of putting pressure on Justin Herbert than they did against Jaden Daniels. Um, Ziani Johnson had the sack. Lone Toloa recovered the fumble. Yeah. Coin Dang recovered one. I mean, I think they did a Soft, given Oregon is one of the most talented offensive lines in the nation. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, without the takeaways, they're scoring touchdowns. Like, I remember on the first drive, Oregon was like driving. Yeah, or- Oregon was 0 of 2 in the red zone this, their, their first season. So drive. it's like, you know, that kept them in the game like crazily. So, uh, Michael. You've been a little quiet. I know you wanted to talk about... Yeah, I have something near and dear to my heart I wanted to talk about. And that's that the Oregon Duck mascot is the worst goddamn mascot in NCAA football. I agree. First of all, he fold Donald Ducks it, by the way. He doesn't wear any pants, and that's really (laughs) inappropriate. He's walking around. His, you know, little duck is hanging in the wind. (laughs) flapping and it's just really inappropriate and he also wears a sailor hat which makes no sense he's a duck he floats in water why is he wearing he doesn't he's not a part of the navy he doesn't go on a boat he's a duck have you seen the push-ups this guy does Okay, his push-ups are like what I did in like ninth grade PE to work out because I couldn't like actually meet the standards. And it's the worst mascot. A duck does not strike fear into your opponent. If you look at Oski, you're worried that he has murdered your family. Like if you look at Oski and you look into those dead eyes, right? It's like he's not there. Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> is so the Joker true. has nothing on Oski. Oski wears gloves. Like, the only people that wear gloves are serial killers. Oski's a serial killer. Stanford has a goddamn tree. The Oregon Ducks are ducks. We need better mascots in the NCAA. The Pac-12 really needs to step up their game. We have a serial killer. Exactly, yeah. Justice, our co-producer, also wrote, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Oscar's basically OJ. There you go. Anyways, that's the end of that I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to call him next week called In Defense of Puddles. <laughs> His name is Puddles? His name is Puddles? <laughs> what Disney mother... Decided to like name the organ duck puddles. Oh look at me, I'm puddles. I'm real scary. Oh, oh shucks, I'm a duck. Oh. oh my god. Anyway, that, that's the breast bit for this week. Alright guys, so I already talked about my score, uh 35-16, how I was horribly wrong. Uh Emily, you had 24-21. Yeah, my psychic tendencies have been failing me as of late. I think there is a scenario where that could have been closer. Yeah. Um after the, the ducks ran away with it, waddled away with it. Oh. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I kind of could tell very early on that yeah. I was going to be not in that ballpark. Yeah. So, 
I'm just, I'm strong. Third second week in a row. It's okay. Josh, uh, 2019? Yeah, so I had Cal 20, Oregon 19. Uh, I thought the defense did about what I expected. Um, ultimately, obviously, the offense needs to obviously convert those field goals. and that Or the offense shouldn't convert those. Special teams got to convert the field goals. And uh, offense is a little bit more execution. But this score at the same, even though I said 2019, this score doesn't surprise me. I think it's a step in the right direction, given all the circumstances coming into this game. The line was 21 points in favor of Oregon, so I think there's a lot of positive takeaways. With that said, my prediction was wrong, and so I own that. <laughs> you and me, buddy. It's High okay. Five. Chalen, uh, 27-16. Yeah, so I guess Oregon. I got the score differential, the differential is good. pretty close. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess Cal's defense played better than I thought, and their offense played worse than I thought. That's about it. We're terrible at predictions, especially yeah. this week. Um, good thing... Is we can let those marinate because we have a bye week coming up. By week ten, Cal Zero. Oh, oh, oh shit, my dog. god! Another fire take from Josh. Yeah. What's new? Um. Yeah. Hopefully, there's no injuries in practice. That would be nice. Uh, the team could get healed. My my guess is Crawford's gonna be okay. Dance is gonna be okay, and Daltos and Safel should be ready to go by Oregon State. What, uh, I mean, I guess let's just kind of give our final thoughts on, like, Cal through six weeks. Can we do players of the game real quick? Yeah, I mean... I've been thinking about this one all afternoon. Okay, oh, go ahead. Oh boy. Go ahead, Doc. Just going through the tape, Ashton Davis, and, and I I think Ashton Davis is one of the best personal fouls I've ever seen. Going for the ball, knowing his team needs a yeah. play at the yeah. end. Gets called for, for shoving Herbert out of, out of bounds. He got the ball out. He got yeah. the ball out. So yeah. I, I thought Ashton Davis has just been fantastic. I mean, he started the year off with fumbling away the opening kickoff, but um, just setting the tone right off the bat against Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert hadn't thrown an interception in 176 attempts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really nice game from, from Cal secondary as a whole. Sorry, Shaylen. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's yours, Shaylen. That was well. going to be mine, yeah. Does someone want to... Well, no, I, I was I like... Mean, there's not too many to no. choose from. I mean, I was thinking Coin Dang just because he was leading tackles, but yeah. I mean... Clark for someone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Clark on the offense, yeah. I think. Also, like, I wanted to commend the defensive line for stepping the fuck up this week. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big area of concern Luke for me. Luke Beckett had nine tackles yeah, from no, defensive end. Yeah. yeah. And, like, every I, everybody was involved in either a turnover and or, you know, stopping the run. I think Oregon has one of the best, like you said, rushing attacks, and they did adequately well. So, credit to them um, coming back after being banged up against the ASU Arizona State Sun Devils. All right, guys, yeah. Uh, let's go back to uh, thoughts through six weeks. I'm going to be writing a story on this for Thursday, just kind of encapsulating what's happened so far. But I think I take, you know, the majority of Josh's sentiments last week in that I, you know, we got, I mean, we kind of expected it to be this way, um, four and two. I had three and three. You had three oh, and three. Yeah. I mean, it, we all kind of expected it to be this way. We kind of, or at least I got a little bit carried away especially with the 4-0 start and um, how poorly they performed against Arizona State. I was all out of whack, in my opinions. But um, I think just as we, just as we, nothing's, you know. Just as I thought. Yeah, just as we thought. Trash. Just as I thought. Trash. Have you seen that button? No. <laughs> Put that button in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will edit that in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really... Where do you think Cal goes from here, like, game-wise, 
playing good wise. <laughs> we kind of, I mean, we kind of said they would end up at this point. So I mean, I don't think any of our predictions for the season yeah. change. I think overall. I think my take on going forward is you're going to continue to see a lot of these close games. There's not going to be any well, even against Oregon State. Oregon State's third. In the, Oregon State had a great game against UCLA on Saturday, which I saw oh, the highlights yeah. of. There's not going to be any given wins, and there's no, no given losses out of it. I don't think you can point on a specific team. Maybe Utah, where it's like I'm, you can almost pencil that in. Yeah. But I don't think you can do that because just the nature of this Cal team is they're going to grind it out, and it's going to be a close game, and then maybe one side's going to pull away at the end. Um, yeah. In terms of obviously the big question is moving forward with Devon Monster versus Chase Garbers, you could be looking at a six or seven win team instead of an eight nine one as many people were expecting. Um, but that isn't all just on the quarterback. I, I don't think Monster, in terms of talent and skill-wise, isn't that far off of the yeah. second-year Chase Garbers. Yeah. No. So I, I don't think you can focus so much on that yeah. um, as and versus looking at the entire the whole offense as, well, as you know as a collective. Quarterback. I don't think we have. I think the Twitter, fo- yeah. the the yeah. tweets that you're reading. Everyone, every, yeah, everyone's yeah. very twisted with the offense. Hashtag yeah. fireball yeah. ones floating around. I think it's very early oh to just God. say. Just because Chase Garbers is gone, the, the season's dead. I think that's what a lot of people are going. I know Michael yeah. feels that way, but <laughs> Michael's also just has a special place. A special place in Michael's heart for Chase Garbers. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, the season isn't over, technically. <laughs> um, but it's over in every other sense. Right. And I think it's very fortunate, you look at the defensive. Offense, you got a lot of injuries right now, right? Defense, turning, like, had a much better game, and injury-wise, looks pretty solid, right? We had Travion Beck was back. Um, Cam Good looks healthy. The linebackers, inside linebackers, perform pretty well. Um, so I, th- I think just by virtue of having the defense healthy, you'll you might see the eight winning team that a lot of us predicted yeah. at the beginning of the season. And let's say like Cal won at ASU, which they didn't, but we would be saying like or Cal beat ASU. They would be we would be talking about how great they played in this game, mm-hmm. and saying how it was just like a one off. You know, yeah. Oregon executed when they had to. Yeah. So I think I am just like sad because of the amazing arc that they were having in yeah. the beginning of the season. Like I know that the like obviously the season's not over, no matter how many times Michael says it. Like like Monster is a good quarterback. This team is still decent. But it's just like it was so fun because Garbers was all of a sudden so good. That, that's and that's that's like the Cal tragedy right there. It is, yeah. yeah. And I guess I just am naive and stupid and should. No, it's okay. I think I think my take my take to, my take to students and these people that are on Twitter is you go back to the beginning of the season and you now you play six games regardless of the injuries and what's happened. On paper, Cal is four and two. Yes. You you can't be hanging your head and counting up the season like so many people are, which I think is happening. And, I, and I'm the pessimist. I, think, I still think Cal's going to finish 6-6, six 7-5, six, as they have oh, at the beginning of the season. But at the same time, everyone is so emotional based off of, on Sunday, based off of what they saw on Saturday, 12 hours before. And I think that's a very weird perspective to have on a season that's, you know, long. Not as long as MLB season, but it's long. And conference play, it ultimately, Cal always has that signature upset win. Was that against Washington? We don't know. Washington just, just lost to Stanford. Right? There's always so much that happens yeah. in the tail end of the season. I wouldn't expect Cal to win the Pac-12 at this rate, but Washington was 5-3 and three last year, eight weeks into the season, won the Pac-12 title, went to the Rose Bowl. And in, the, in this year, out of all years, where a lot of these Pac-12 teams projected to be 5-4, five 4-5 and, four, four and five in conference play, it's still anybody's ballgame. Um, I'm not saying Cal's going to finish in first or second in the Pac-12 North, but there's just so many possibilities. Josh. So I don't think anybody should be writing off the season. By they're they're going to be here all season, so you're going to have to you know deal with that. I got you, fam. And in the future. Uh, that's all I had, guys. Anything else? Give us Bama. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, 
Alright guys, you could uh you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Daily Cow Sports. Uh we're at Daily Cow Sports on Twitter. Uh at Daily Cow on Instagram. Find us there. This podcast uh is usually uploaded on SoundCloud. Just search the Daily Californian as well as Spotify. And you should find us and iTunes as well. I did not know that. So we're on all three of those. Alright guys, uh we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.